Hello and welcome back to the Energy Exports Conference here in Aberdeen on day two. And we're joined by Neil Sutherland of Norco Group. Hello, Neil. Hello, sir. How hey. have we found the conference so far? It's been a great first day. We had a lot of diverse sort of uh, people coming to the stand. Uh, many, many countries, a lot of people from overseas. And being energy experts, I suppose that's exactly what you want from a, an exhibition conference like this. It does what it says on the tin. It I mean, does, this is yes. important. So tell us a little bit about uh, Norco itself, uh, Neil. I'm particularly interested in hearing a bit about what you're doing with hydrogen, hydrogen vehicles here in Aberdeen. Okay. Well, let's go back a little bit. Let's actually talk about uh, Norco and where they come from, because sure. that's kind of instrumental in how we uh, ended up in hydrogen. Uh, Norco started out as part of the Northern Cooperative Group. Uh, or Northern Cooperative Society, or the Co-op. Um, now, Norco batteries started out of servicing the batteries for their fleet of milk floats in the 1950s. Oh, really? And that <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, that continued all the way through until the, the 1970s and 80s, when milk delivery sort of fizzled out. And they were looking for new avenues to, to actually stand into. So. In the early 90s, a management buyout basically took the company into private ownership and then they were able to expand, uh, expand into oil and gas, healthcare, many other sort of areas and um, uh, into new avenues called like UPS, which is uninterruptible power supplies and charging systems and, and various different types of battery technology. Coming to full circle to now, where we've got uh, the, um, the, in the introducing of uh, hydrogen, uh, part and parcel of the, the, uh, the, the, the charging of a battery, or lead-acid battery, is production of hydrogen by electrolysis. So it was a natural fit for a company like us to get involved in actually the production of hydrogen. And we've done that with our partners at Aberdeen City Council for the last sort of six years. And we've been doing the operation and maintenance of the site. So in that time, we've gained a vast experience of just exactly how the production goes, all the foibles, all the pitfalls, and all the good things, obviously, that we can provide from it as well. So we have at the site, we've got 150 kilograms of storage. We can produce 130 kilograms a day and we can service many, many cars and also the, the, uh, the Aberdeen City Council's fleet of refuse and vehicles. And uh, we're looking very much in forward to some new uh, quadricycles which are powered by hydrogen as well. So that brings us kind of right up to date uh, as far as uh, hydrogen and Norco goes. When we talk about energy transition journey, I did not expect us to go from milk to hydrogen, but... Alistair, this is the thing. We started off with electric vehicles long before anybody else was. And so, it, the, as I say, the whole thing's come full circle now. Let's just talk about hydrogen yes. uh, further up the supply, uh, the upstream, if you like, yes. before we get into the, the vehicle side. Clearly, we've got a massive amount of generation capacity at the moment. Off offshore wind is coming, some questions around grid. What to do with that excess generation? Clearly, there's a question around hydrogen. Just talk to me a bit about that and then how that might then feed into that customer base, if you will. Uh, you've hit the nail on the head there. With the, with the advent of renewables and excess generation, what do you do with it? That, that, that is the big question. One of the answers is hydrogen, to actually convert it into hydrogen. It's far more accessible then. It can be transported. There will be other 
people who say, well, well, batteries is a solution to that. But I don't think, I think batteries are part of the solution. And there are other things that we're looking at. But hydrogen, I think, is a main enabler, not only to uh, mobilization of transport, but also for energy, for heating. And uh, because it can be transported, because it can be stored as well, then it actually can be exported. And one of the avenues that I think the Scottish government are looking at is actually exporting this to, to mainland Europe. And certainly uh, economies like Germany uh, would, are in great need of, of, of this type of uh, storage. One of the questions I, I kind of hear a lot about hydrogen is this chicken and egg situation, whereas what's the customer base going to be like? And that can have a knock-on impact in terms of pre-investment from the supply chain to get ready. Clearly for yourselves, you're bought in, you're convinced, and you're, you're going. I mean, is that, is that, are you bucking the trends there, or are you guys just ahead of the game, if, if you like? No, as I say, we've we've been uh, in this in a situation where we were all always, you know, we were involved in the process of electrolysis. Uh, in fact, our um, manager in R and D department started off his career uh, producing hydrogen in a very very small sort of uh, capacity. So we we've been there from the start, and we continue to actually, you know, as you say, continue on, and we will continue on with this. Uh, I don't think it's bucking the trend. I don't think we're at a, a point now where the scale, there is enough scale to actually warrant that. And it's part and parcel, as you've said, advent of renewables, we need that excess generation. Otherwise, it doesn't become economically viable. We have projects with Scottish Power, uh, which, which are uh, they're undertaking at Whiteley's Wind Farm, uh, just to the, the uh, east of Glasgow. Uh, that is a step forward, and I think that that will be a model that people will look to uh, for for generation going forward. There are very, as you point out, very many many questions as regards you know the the fluctuation of renewables, especially wind power. Uh, in 2020, you know they they set aside uh, 243 million pounds for containment payments or constraint payments on wind farms. That has reduced, but it's not reduced probably for the, the, the reasons that you would think. Uh, and I think going forward, if we can utilize hydrogen uh, to, to the manufacture of hydrogen for, you know, the ahead of the curve, I think we're probably, probably about 10 to 15 years away from it being a, a reality. Once, once we actually get the, the actual renewable generation to, to, uh, to scale, I think that's going to be the tipping point. Very quickly, I mean, we've got quite a, a plethora of projects here in Aberdeen. Uh, not to ask you about a specific one, but clearly there's a hydrogen hub planned, a lot of stuff around Intog going on as well. Just how exciting is that for you in the position you are in as a company? Potential is fantastic, and Aberdeen has given themselves the best opportunity by actually investing in this type of technology. And the type of companies it's now actually you know, coming to Aberdeen because there is the, the hydrogen hub, it will actually bring jobs to the city. And that's that's actually a, a fact we are we are noticing and we're talking within the industry because we're in that nice position. Uh, talking with suppliers, talking with innovators that 
you know, there, there is going to be expansion into all sorts of uh, avenues uh, as far as hydrogen. Fantastic. And just lastly, we're at an exports conference. You mentioned Germany already, for example. What are you going to get out of uh, being at this event and in terms of, I guess, broadcasting the offering that you've got available? As far as this event goes, it's been nice to catch up where we already are in, in various uh, uh, countries. We, we have an office in uh, Abu Dhabi at the moment and we're very busy. Our general managers over here and it's basically reaffirming the contacts that we've got out there making sure that you know we're, we're a name and just making sure that we, we've got all the the, the, uh, the the i's dotted and the t's crossed and, and also we, it's been an opportunity for the trade delegations that have come in that, that we can actually you know advertise our own solutions and um, not just obviously in the hydrogen but across across the range the, the manufacturing of UPSs and charger systems and supply of batteries. So uh, across all the avenues that we supply into, uh, it's been fantastic. So as I say, Middle East, West Africa and, and Europe and uh, the North Sea regions. It's been a fantastic event. Fantastic. Great place to leave it on. So thanks so much for being with us, Neil. That's us for now. We'll have more through the day here at the Energy Exports Conference in Aberdeen. Out Loud is the podcast from Energy Voice, leading the global energy conversation. Bookmark and subscribe to energyvoice.com, sign up to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for expert analysis and insight right across the energy sector. Subscribe to Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do encourage colleagues and friends to listen to Out Loud too. If you've enjoyed it, leaving a rating or review, especially on Apple Podcasts, helps others discover it too. Thank you.